Welcome back to the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast, which is now presented by our friends at Manscaped. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you guys. 20% off and free shipping with the code 20PSU at manscaped.com. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later in this episode. I'm Greg Pickle. Ryan Snyder will... Hear from him in just a few minutes, but we have a lot to get to this week. A decommitment took place. A new commitment took place. The James Franklin rumors have a lot of people questioning whether that will impact Penn State's recruiting class. Ryan was on the road to see Bill Prabula. Josh Miller, the offensive lineman, 2023 from Virginia, is set to make an announcement next week. So a ton to get to on this episode. Ryan, welcome in. How are you doing? How's your week looking? And where do things stand in your mind at this point in time before we get into the latest Penn State game day commitment? Man, the uh, the James Franklin rumors are picking up, aren't they? Uh, with with that whole agent signing, I've had a couple parents already reach out to me asking about that. You know, I, I think just like everybody else, you know, it's just it's an interesting uh, announcement. I guess I'm curious to know. He probably didn't really want that out there. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. And maybe it has nothing to do with uh, you know him potentially moving on. But obviously, yeah. hiring Sexton is uh, a notable move. So I just it's kind of feels like it's hovering over everything right now. And I just, I have so many people curious about it and I don't, you know, I don't really have many more answers. I wish I did, but uh, you know, everything's going really well on the recruiting trail, but it just, it feels like until there's clarification with that, I, I feel like it should be in a holding pattern. Maybe we won't be, we'll talk about Josh Miller here in a little bit, but it's just, it's just such an interesting six to seven weeks here coming up, especially after that Illinois loss. I, I'm just really curious to see where it goes, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting couple of months here. They need to sign this class. This class, they put a lot of work into this class. So if something were to happen, and I wrote the other week that if James were to leave, there's no way it wouldn't be after December 15th, um, you know, because those schools would want him on board. I mean, that's why they make right. this move, right? That's why they're making moves uh, when they are. So just an interesting time, man. A tough loss. Uh, you know, they, they got a rebound. Uh this this trend of losing two straight and and off of bye weeks is is definitely disturbing, uh, but you know aside from that things are going pretty well in recruiting so that's right. I don't know what to think right now you know it goes both ways so well we'll get into some more of that talk in a little bit but let's move into our first topic of the day and that's Joey Schlafler committing to Penn State. Another game day commitment for James Franklin for the class of 2023. He's a guy that, as we've mentioned, is a half-brother of former Penn State offensive lineman Michael Mennett, who was also on the field when Joey committed, and obviously that was a great moment for those guys and the family. Ryan, how did this one come to be, and how important is it for Penn State to get a tight end early in the class of 2023 with the obvious caveat of what we talked about just a few minutes ago and what we talked about, uh, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about in a little bit, means that, you know, this class is a long, long way from signing, which we all know. Well, I mean, look, as soon as he was offered, you know, th- this was coming, right? Um, he, he visited Maryland, he visited Tennessee in the, in the summertime, uh, but this was, I mean, as Joey pretty much admitted, as soon as he was offered, he kind of knew where he wanted to be. Um, Ty Howe gets a big shout out here. I didn't realize how, how hard, I guess, Howe was pushing for him earlier in the process, like before he got an offer. It felt like Ty was really on board with Joey pretty much from the start. And then, um, you know, as, as the rest of the staff saw more film, that's, that's kind of where the offer came from. But you know, this is another they're never going to they never want to let top guys leave the state. And it, it was becoming more and more clear that that Joey 
uh, deserved to be considered one of those top guys. Um, what was his offer count? I believe it was 18 or so. Uh, like I mentioned, Tennessee and Maryland, yes. they kind of felt like the main competitors. That, that's where he went and visited. But uh, Michigan State was pushing West Virginia, Virginia. Uh, Pitt was in the mix. But uh, yeah, this always, <clears throat> to me, it always, if Penn State offered, this was going to happen. It was inevitable. Uh, you and I did a, a roundtable a couple couple weeks ago, and and you had him as as the guy to watch. And whether it was in October or November, it was it was going to happen. Um, and you know, if, if personally, if, if if Penn State doesn't offer, I felt like he was kind of trending towards Tennessee. But then, yeah, like you said, like we said, just when this offer came, it was it was only a matter of time. So props to Ty Howell. This was this is. You know, to me, this was maybe Ty Howell's first big commitment. Um, you know, Matthias, of course, was already on board previously, and uh, Jamal Sider has some has some ties with with uh, Matthias. So that you know, the, Ty Howell deserves credit for Matthias. Don't get me wrong, but to me, like this was his first really, really big get. And um, you know, Joey's going to be a heck of a player. He's he's there's a lot to like. I mean, obviously, when you look at his look at his frame, you you would think he, he needs to add some more weight and. And, you know, what what can he do from a blocking perspective? Now, I was talking to T. Frank, too, and he was pointing out some things that his technique's actually pretty good uh, from a blocking perspective. So if he's able to just kind of put on weight and and, um, you know, obviously everybody's got to keep improving. But there is there is stuff there to like from a true inline uh, tight end. To me, I just see a, a bigger receiver right now. But, uh, you know, T. Frank thinks that uh, he, he can he can do a variety of roles. And I like to listen to what T. Frank thinks. So. so the question becomes at this point, Matthias Barnwell, is he an offensive lineman or is he a tight end? Mm-hmm. Joey Schlaffer, is he a big receiver or is he a tight end? So I guess the question then to you to spin this forward is, it's not like Penn State only offered these two guys at tight end and put all of their eggs into the basket of the two guys who are now committed. Obviously, they pushed very hard mm-hmm. for these guys. They wanted them. But... In your mind, Ryan, are they done at this position, or do they need no. to get another one with the assumption being that one of these guys probably is not going to be a tight end at the college level? Yeah, Matthias, of course, is, is the one that uh, offensive tackle makes a whole lot of sense there. Now, of course, Matthias has been losing a little weight from what I've uh, been able to learn. He seems like he's down a little bit. He was at, I think, 270 at one point, and now he's getting closer to 250. Um, now, whether that's losing weight because he's trying to stay in t- shape for tight end or he's just playing a season and, and weight naturally comes off, well, only time I really tell there. But Neo Avery was arguably their top tight end prospect from the start. And and the good counsel player, you know, he was close to committing to Georgia at one point. And I think I was talking to you or T. Frank about this a little while back. And that – when that when he didn't commit to Georgia, talk about Avery, uh, I thought, uh, is, is Georgia not ready to really take him? That was the first thing that popped up in my mind. But as I've what I've learned was is Penn State, I don't want to say they they had a hand in him not committing, but they they pushed really hard there uh, as we were getting close to that on on just explaining, you know, why uh, you know, they think he's he'd be a good fit and maybe maybe hold off a little bit. And it seemed like Penn State uh, you know, was able to I'm not going to say was the reason that he didn't, but they 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 certainly had a hand in him not deciding when he did. So uh, I, I always kind of thought with Avery, it was it was Georgia and Penn State, and we'll see where more of these visits go. He's been up here two or three times now, uh, but Avery makes the most sense as far as uh, a true tight end addition that will come. Nicholas Harbor, of course, is kind of considered a tight end, but I, I think defensive end makes the most sense for him long term. Uh, but he's just kind of a, an athlete, and that's that's the you know the label we'll put on we'll put on harbor so there's there's other guys too like andrew Rappelli, Rappelier was up here but to me it would really be focus on avery try and get avery and then of course if you can get harbor too then you have a lot of options to play around with but uh 
but all those guys are, are versatile in different ways. So, but but Avery makes the most sense, no doubt. So we started with the good news on this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. Let's move on to the not as good news. Jordan Allen and Penn State parting ways. You reported it over the weekend. It became public either late Sunday night or first thing Monday morning. Ryan, this was a case of I think the prospect started looking around and Penn State was maybe not as aware of that as it would have liked to be is probably a fair way of putting Mm -hmm. it. And we've seen this happen before where players will go take visits after committing and sometimes it leads to this, sometimes it does not. But in this particular case, it did. Well, we'll start with this. Like, I think a lot of fans think that there is a blanket policy, right? Sure. you, You don't go visit schools. And if you visit schools, you're done. And that's definitely not the case. Uh, a couple of Penn State's commits have gone to visits this year, other schools. Anthony Ivey just went to Rutgers a couple of weeks ago. Now, it was to watch a friend of his play, and he was open about it from the start. And, um, you know, I don't think Penn State ever had really any concerns. And, and the, the key thing there was open about it from the start. Uh, and that wasn't the case here with Jordan Allen. So Penn State, from what I understand, they learned about Jordan potentially taking an old Miss official visit from the media. And that's never a good place to start when, when Penn State learns things uh, by, you know, members of their staff reading, uh, you know, rivals and 247 and whatnot. So he was kind of given an opportunity to not visit. And that's what we reported then. We followed up and, and you know, I, I thought he wasn't going to visit. So then late Friday night, I learned that there was a discussion uh, with, with Penn State and, and Jordan and, you know, it was kind of up in the air still whether he visits. And then, of course, Saturday morning uh, is, when, is when we reported that uh, he needs to be taken off the commitment list, basically. So th- this really just comes down to uh, him, I, I think, just not being open with the staff about things. Uh, now, whether if he was open from the start and, and him going to visit Ole Miss, it's a little different than Anthony Ivey going to visit Rutgers. Uh, I don't think Penn State had any concerns about losing Anthony Ivey. So every situation is different. I mean, I think that's just the best way to explain it. Uh, there really isn't a blanket policy, but I, I know Penn state was a bit upset with Jordan, not uh, just being open and, and, and honest about it. Now he did go to visit LSU, I believe two weeks ago too. And I, I don't have an answer for whether he told Penn state about that or not. I'll probably never really get a true answer for that. Right. But uh, this was, this wasn't uh, Jordan Allen's first visit elsewhere. And I, I thought that LSU was the only school to really be concerned about. He grew up an LSU fan, didn't have an offer, but whether whoever gets hired there at LSU, if they offered him late, that was kind of what I was focused on. But uh, yeah, he goes and takes this visit and um, you know, I'm not going to say he, he cut himself or, or Penn state cut him. It just kind of was a mutual decision to to go different ways so so it depends like one thing i'll last say too is i i think a lot of people are going to ask well is this going to be used for larry turner Gooden or another player and the the, the first impression i you get stole is my segue State, you stole my segue. oh did i i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i just knew i knew we had to hit on it so my fault for that but um i, I think just a transfer uh, keeping scholarships yeah. open for the transfer i mean penn state is truly maxed out I know I, I think a lot of fans don't grasp that because we keep talking about Jay Sean Barham and Emil Wagner and Larry Turner Gooden. Who's talking guys about Jay Sean Barham? Too. That name never comes up. Yeah, yeah, I never <laughs> see it on uh, my Twitter yeah. feed. No. But, uh, you know, they, they are maxed out. And, and you know, yes, they can continue adding guys. And the more guys they add, the harder it makes it to get to that 85 number. So, you know, sometimes you got to just add players because they're incredibly talented. Uh, and, and that's kind of where those three guys I mentioned kind of fit. But, 
you know, if it's not becoming clear to fans that now that there are a few gaps in this roster that could really use a transfer, uh, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's a couple of spots that it's very obvious. I've been saying for a while now that Penn State absolutely has to pursue a transfer quarterback in the offseason. Uh, yeah. You know, if Clifford stays, maybe not. But if Clifford leaves, they absolutely have to. They need somebody with experience there. Uh, so just my point with this is that it doesn't have to – this scholarship doesn't have to be filled by a high school guy. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's not filled. They just add Barham still and, and that be the end of it. And then they could maybe use this scholarship to either get close to their 85 number or, or try and pursue a transfer down the road. So the concerning thing, and this relates to recruiting as much as anything else, but when you look at the depth across Penn State's various position groups, it's not necessarily as deep as maybe it once felt like it was once you had some injuries pop up and things like that. I think you also have concerns for down the road going into next season. How many guys leave early to mm-hmm. the NFL? How many guys might hit the transfer portal going out? So you're out. You're going to need some space to bring guys in, which is why, to your point, it's not going to be an automatic fill this spot with another high school kid because you're probably going to want to save um, as much room as you can to try and attack the, the transfer portal as, as aggressively as you can. So we'll see how that yep. plays out. Um, in terms of, I guess, moving this conversation on, you know, Monday morning, uh, the first reaction to this Jordan Allen news was, oh, here we go. Here they come the decommitments. Penn State just lost to Illinois. Uh, now here come the decommitments. And it's like you just explained, this was in the works previously. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, you know, I'll let you speak to this, but my gut feeling is that Penn State's loss to Illinois is not going to start this avalanche of guys going elsewhere. No. I don't see it. This class has been very um, stuck together, I would say, is probably not the correct uh, grammar word to use, but it's, <laughs> it's true. Fr- I mean, yeah. It's a pretty close class, and I just don't think a loss to Illinois is the problem that people think it is. Maybe the James Franklin rumors are. Maybe they are not. We'll have to you know wait and see on that. But yeah. that, to me, is more problematic than a loss to Illinois. Yeah, I mean, the <clears throat> the rumors for Franklin, obviously, that's that's – there's a reason I talked about it as soon as we opened this podcast. I mean, it seems to be everything right now. And, you know, I wrote in my mailbag last week that I, I don't see rumors having a big impact. And I, I haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, up until this this Sexton agent thing. It it it, I do think that's going to grab some people's attention. Now you know, only the good thing with these recruits and their families is they have James on speed dial. You know, they can call him up whenever, and they're they're talking to him all the time. And you know, James is going to. Um, I I I think James would be explaining to most of them that you know he. <clears throat> excuse me, that he wants to upgrade facilities and whatnot. And then that's, that's been the talk for the longest time is, is that's what, you know, that's why he uses leverages in these situations. But, um, you know, hiring Sexton and, and want the timing of that to come out and, and just with the job openings that are out there, it's, that's, that's something that I think is going to grab family's attention now. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I would say the, the rumors will have a big impact, but just, there's a reason for people to watch closely now with that news yeah. coming out here. And I'm just very curious to see these next six, seven, eight weeks. And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to, I think like I'm coming off as concerned. I'm not, but it's just uh, that, that news really just, at least it grabbed my attention a lot. And yeah. I think it, I think it will do the same for families. I mean, I've, like I said, I had a couple of families already kind of reach out, asking my opinion about it. And, you know, I haven't really had too many people reaching out about it and, and, you know, it's only been 24 hours now. I've already had a couple of parents ask about that. So that, to me, that just says, okay, people are paying attention to that particular part. 
So we're recording this. It's about 11 a.m. Eastern time, and it's Tuesday. Uh, So James Franklin's going to talk not long after this podcast is posted for you to listen to. By the time James Franklin uh, talks, you know, we might get some answers on what this whole agent thing is. So bwi.rivals.com for the latest on that. Um, Because I do think the context here is important, and it's the when and the why, right? When did this happen? Did it happen in the offseason, and it just now came out this week for whatever reason? Uh, or, mm-hmm. and the, where they started was, uh, Clay Travis, outkick.com, wrote that, you know, as one of his takeaways, I think he does a column every week, but basically that, you know, the Franklin coaching rumors are probably going to, you know, go start going one way or the other after this loss to Illinois, mm-hmm. whether they're going to heat up or not. And he slipped in there just, uh, you know, it was a throwaway sentence, more or less, that Jimmy Sexton was his recent, you know, his new agent. And I think that caught some eyes. And then Football Scoop, the coaching industry website, reported that via sources late Monday night. So that's how we got to this point. Again, if this happened in February and it just came out, I don't think it is something that has as much predictive no. ability as if it happened during the bye week um, or last mm-hmm. week. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. He's been with Trace Armstrong for a very long time. So it's curious yeah. to me why the move was made in the first place. But you know, like I said, uh, check out the site later because we are recording this prior to James Franklin's news conference, and there's zero point zero chance that he will not be at, he will not not be asked about that. So we will <laughs> yeah. get an update soon. Ryan, any other final thoughts here before we roll into the second half of the show? Um, that not really, man. I mean, just uh, it, it, like I kind of hit on. I just, uh, I just with the 2022 class i mean that we're we're obviously watching barham emil wagner and 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 larry turner good i I was asking specifically about how this jordan allen decommitment would impact turner good and and basically i was told that you know they they would they would try and take him regardless so um you know i don't want to i don't want people to think that uh you know penn state's not interested in adding another cornerback now jordan allen was listed as a safety on rivals but he would have been a cornerback so uh penn state Penn State's very much interested in, in Larry Turner Good and still uh, that kid's he's just gotten really quiet in recent weeks. So I, I tried actually reaching out to him not long after this, and I'm still still trying to work on that. But Barham remains the focus, man. They need to get another linebacker. That's very clear. I think if they get Barham, and and then you can see what goes from there. So, but but we're going to start learning about transfers here soon soon enough too. I wouldn't be surprised if we start learning about a few of them maybe by the you know maybe the last couple of weeks of the season. So things will start to shake out soon. Yeah, there's no doubt. Everything's sped up nowadays. You just saw Texas Tech fire their coach, despite the fact they're five and three. And there's two reasons for that. One, they don't. They weird. want to. Well, they want to make sure he doesn't win enough games down the stretch because they decided they wanted to make a move, and you might as well just True. do it now. Just and like LSU. Secondly, right, and then second, it goes back to the uh, recruiting situation, and you're about to be a month from the first signing day, and you better be able to have a plan in place for that day or you risk falling behind even further than you already are. So we'll see, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Some of that news is going to start trickling out here soon. Uh, it is the blue-white illustrated Penn State football and recruiting podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're going to take a brief time out here as we get ready for the second half of the show for a public service announcement to tell you more about our new presenting sponsor, which is Manscaped, and specifically their lawnmower 4.0, which is available now. We told you earlier, we'll tell you again, manscaped.com, 20PSU is the code that gets you 20% off and free shipping with that specific code. You can order the lawnmower 4.0 or anything else. What makes the trimmer different from all other trimmers 
It's a multi-function on-off switch, includes a travel lock, a 4000K LED spotlight, which will help with your more precise shaving needs, and additional guard lengths allow you to customize your trim. Ryan, I know you have used it. I have used it. It's a great product. It's something that we both recommend. So join Ryan and I today and get ready for primetime, just like Penn State is before heading to Ohio State with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 20PSU at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 20PSU and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Ryan, moving on to a new topic here, back to the class of 2023. Josh Miller is a just massive offensive lineman who was on campus Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Despite the rain, I was able to go down into the field before the game and see him in person and... You know, you watch his film or you look at him in pads and you're like, yep, this guy's huge. And for those of you watching on YouTube, we are going to play the clips here. So you'll get to see a little bit of him. YouTube.com slash Blue White Illustrated uh, if you're not, but want to. An announcement's coming of some sort on November 2. You're trying to figure out what exactly that means. Is it a true picking a school announcement? Is it a top list of schools, etc.? What do you know at this point in time? What should we be expecting? I think he's going to commit. Um, now he's not really being very open about it and, you know, he wants to kind of keep it quiet and keep the suspense going, but I, I think he's going to commit to either Penn state or Clemson. Now, if you asked me this a week ago, I, I would have definitely said Clemson. And now I'm getting close to putting in a Penn state future cast. So we will see I, I I'm still working with, uh, some, some Penn state people trying to get a feel for, uh, where they stand. But, uh, just from talking to some buddies down in, um, uh, down in Clemson, I don't feel that their staff is nearly as confident as they once were. Um, about two, maybe three weeks ago, I was basically told that he he told Clemson he was leaning their way and everything was going well. And uh, I do believe that kind of came after a visit to Clemson. And it's always important to note that because uh, it's always positive after visits, right? You rarely hear negative stuff after visits. Uh, and and now we're, we're hearing very positive with Penn State. So uh, obviously we're, we're uh, what a week away from this. I'm, I'm still haven't quite put in a pick yet, but right now I, I think he's trending towards the Nittany lions. Uh, we have him at six, six, three twenty three on rivals that that needs to be adjusted a bit. He's closer to six, four, and he will definitely be an interior player at the next level. Uh, he's like I said, listen as a tackle, but um, interior makes the most sense here. So I'm still kind of chipping away at learning exactly where he stands. But uh, as of October 26th, I'm beginning to think that there's a very realistic chance that he will be committing on November 2nd. He's still saying it may not be a commitment at all, but I think it's going to be a commitment. I think he's wanted to have a commitment this whole time. Uh, If you you were following this earlier in the month, he was saying it could be a top list. It could be a commitment. And to me, he was just kind of hedging to to make sure he was 100% ready. And now that we're a week out, I feel like he definitely, he knows what he wants to do. And, And both schools are very much a take. So, you know, if, if he commits to Penn State and people, I know people start questioning, well, was, was he a take for Clemson? He's very much a take for Clemson. That I know for sure. And he's a take for Penn State, too. And that was one thing I was wondering as well, uh, up to even a week or two ago, is, is how hard is Penn State pursuing him here? Both schools absolutely want him. And I think the Nittany Lions lead right now. So hopefully we'll get a little bit of an update here uh, in, the, in the coming days. Uh, I'll, I'll keep everybody on the board in the loop as much as I can. But uh, I think think he's leaning towards being a nitly line and that would be another really big get here to, to well, that would be to start november but uh the trend you know every, every commitment every couple of weeks for penn state in the 2023 class it's, it's going really well despite you know the, the rumors and things we're talking about so uh they're they definitely don't seem to have any uh 
you know, uh, be concerned, I guess is the right word to say about, yeah. about that stuff. And I guess the one thing, and I know we don't want to spend this entire podcast talking about rumors and speculation and things like that, yeah. but I think we'd be uh, doing a disservice to Penn State fans to not really point out the fact of what you just said and highlight, which is that you can be concerned about coaching rumors and speculation and this and that and the other thing all you want. You have to, though, realize, I think, that these kids committing to Penn State right now, despite what's going on outside the program, should give you a pretty good amount of insight into what's being said behind the scenes and what's going on inside the program. Uh, Especially when it comes to a guy like Joey Schlafler, who has a family that played it for James Franklin at Penn State, who has Mm -hmm. known James Franklin, his family has known James Franklin for years. I mean... You think he's committing to Penn State if there's a really true belief from that family who's known this guy for a long time that he's probably not going to be here next year? I I don't think so. I really doubt that. And maybe that's just too speculative on my part. I don't know. But I think if you're going to listen to the outside noise and and the candidates and this, that, and the other thing, I think you also have to pay a closer attention, too, with what's going on behind the scenes and how these things continue to happen on a week to week, month to month basis, despite everything we're hearing and talking about. Yeah, let me chime in on that. Let me play a little bit of devil's advocate too. Is I, I would you can also argue that Joey Joey is is um, out of all the commits right now, Joey has bought into Penn State, the the football program, Fair. the university, all that more than anyone uh, because of his brother history. Um, now, what you said is very I, I I agree with you more than not. Josh Miller committing when there's no tie, there's no, you know, no connection right. to Penn State at all. This is just a, a random recruit from Virginia. I don't want to say random, but you know, there, there's no family ties or anything that, that stands out to me more than Joey. And like I said, I, I think he's planning to commit. I, I, I really do. Um, you know, let's, now that I said that it'll be Clemson, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's, he's aiming to, to commit to Penn State right now. So that, that would just grab my attention as much or more than, than Joey, as far as what Penn State's saying behind the scenes yeah. and uh, the, what guys are taking from it so let's see we'll we'll find out here in a week from now we'll be doing this podcast and i'm not sure if we'll have an answer in a week from now we usually do it in the morning but he's aiming for november 2nd so we'll find out soon i forgot that is next tuesday yeah we're gonna have to do our timing of that that recording uh appropriately (laughs) so uh if you're looking if you are a subscriber please uh hit the bell so you get a notification when it pops up on youtube leave us some feedback on apple spotify google wherever you get your podcast and do keep in mind that if his announcement's going to be later in the day, we may have to switch up when this episode goes. So uh, we'll let you know, mm-hmm. and we'll keep everyone posted on social media and whatnot. But uh, we're coming down the home stretch here, Ryan. Uh, you saw Bo Prabula uh, last week, and he was uh, impressive in another win for Central York. Um, now, you and I kind of talk off the air a little bit, and we'll get into it now. But the, it's Drew Aller, right? Every Penn State fan I've run mm-hmm. into from Saturday night at the gas station on the way home to last night on Monday going around to different places here in the Harrisburg area and so far on social media, it's, it's, when's Drew Aller going to here? What's Drew Aller going to do with this office mm-hmm. next year? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that is – look, the kid's really good. Yeah, it's super good. And you just published today 
um, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com about how they have clinched their conference title, I believe it was. So, yeah, uh, first Central, time in school history. Yep. Right. So, and that's because of how good he is. But it also is an overlook. People overlook Bo Pabula, who I know he's not playing the same level of competition, but him and Central York are just crushing almost everyone they play. And I know you were impressed, and I was impressed by what his coach had to say about him following the game in an interview you posted uh, Tuesday morning. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, really impressive kid and one who should not be overlooked in this future quarterback cycle and situation, regardless of what happens next year. Yeah, well, Bo's about to play some really good teams. He's going to start with William Penn here this upcoming weekend. And William Penn's 7-1 and one on the year. Uh, so so we're about to – his level of competition is about to really take a next step. And and the best team they've played so far, in my opinion, is Exeter Township. They played Cumberland Valley too. And, and he performed both – he performed really well in both of those games. Uh, but in recent weeks, he's really just kind of taken his game to a completely different level. Uh, 87% completion percentage is what I've put together here over the last four or five weeks. Now, the game I attended here Friday night uh, wasn't, I guess, their Gary whole game plan coming into Dallas Town was to just jet sweep the hell out of them. And that's what they did, man. I mean, that yeah. and, it, and it worked. They saw that there was going to be an advantage on the edges, and that's what they did. So uh, the way they run their jet sweep, they, they kind of pitch it instead of handing it off. I had a good uh, talk with Coach Yonchez about that. He feels like it's safer than trying to stick it in the belly there. And uh, it makes sense. I see fumbles on that all the time. So uh, that padded uh, Bo's stats. Of course, when you flick it forward, it counts as a pass. Dude, that pass right there that you just showed was one of the best passes I've seen from anybody this season. I've seen some great ones from Drew when I went out there. Um, but that that fade pass from Bo was excellent. And then really what I took away from this game, and I already kind of knew, is just – Bo's athletic ability, you know, he, he really made some great runs here. I, I believe this is another one here where he's about to get sacked, goes to his left, about to go back to his right. Nope, never mind. Let's go back to the left here. And, uh, you know, he just makes some great plays with his feet. I mean, Bo runs a legit four high, high four, five, 40. I mean, probably like a four, five, eight, four, five, nine, um, you know, four, five, six. I mean, that's, that's really good. He, he can still improve. And that pass right there was, uh, fell as an incompletion, uh, but he put it right there on the money. So um, as far as like watching uh, Bo's arm and how it's improved and whatnot, it really, this wasn't the best game for that. And, you know, that's just, they got a game plan and do whatever they can to win. I mean, he only had, you know, three, four, five deep throws, but he finished 10 of 11, 211 yards. Uh, believe he had around 90 yards or so rushing uh, and, you know, three total touchdowns. But I guess the main thing I want to hit on Bo Perbula is just that one, he's a winner. We've talked about this many times. I mean, his record now, I believe is something like uh, 29 and three as a, as a starter, something like that, which is very impressive. And then two, he's just an incredibly smart player and he gets smarter every time I see him. He doesn't make silly mistakes. Uh, not that not that Drew Aller does or anything, but I, I would give Bo a, a bit of an advantage when it comes to um, just I don't want, I guess maybe not reading the defense as well because Drew does that well too, but just 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 knowing when to maybe not take a negative play, but you know to, to just not not force something. And and Drew's I, Drew's good with that too, but I would give Bo a, a slight advantage on just just making smart plays. Uh, he he's definitely uh, a little more athletic than Bo or a little more athletic than Drew. So he, he can definitely make uh, plays with his feet better. But I just think uh, if people are writing off Bo Prabula as, as the second guy already, it's it's silly. I mean, to me, they have to pursue a transfer next year. I wrote that in the story today, even about Bo. Uh, they they can't go into next season with with Christian Bayou and, and Taquan Roberson being the, the lead guys in that room. They have to add a transfer. I just think that is inevitable if Sean Clifford doesn't return. 
Um, but even but even beyond that, you know, this this quarterback battle between Drew Alar and Bo Pribula, I think is going to be a lot better than a lot of Penn State fans think. So uh, I'm I've been high on Bo for a long time. I've seen him more than Drew too. To to be fair, I've seen him four or five times now. Um, yes, he, his arm isn't as strong. He's not as big as Drew, so he's not just just physically. He's not going to have the the kind of strength that, that uh, Drew does. But uh, you know, again, he, he runs a high four five forty. Dude, he hand cleans like three hundred and fifteen pounds. I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot to like in Bo Pribula. Uh He's a winner. He's a hell of a leader. And uh, anyone who's writing him off right now, I, I think you, I think you're gonna. Not, I want to say regret that, but it's going to be a good battle down the road. I, I feel confident saying that. No question about it. Penn State is going to have what we assume will be a totally revamped quarterback room next year to some degree, and yeah. that assumes that makes the assumption that Sean Clifford will be out of town. Um, it's a long time. He can't come back for another year. It's a long time to be in college. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But either way, these two guys will be fascinating to watch moving forward. Stay up to date on that. All the latest James Franklin rumors and more Penn State football and recruiting news by visiting us at Blue White illustrated.com final segment here ryan looking ahead to what's ahead um you know at this point we have you know all eyes kind of from a recruiting perspective at least turn to michigan because penn state's on the road for the next two weeks at ohio state and then at maryland are you still looking at that michigan Mm -hmm. game as one that's going to be a big one for penn state on the recruiting front well let's figure out the kickoff time you know that that's going to be a big part of it as we saw this past weekend yes illinois was illinois but when you have a noon kickoff, it makes it – it's going to have a drastic impact on your list. You know, when guys across the right. region have to wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. to get there, uh, you know, it's like Josh Miller, for example, you know, to be there for – they want guys there at 10 a.m. so they can see the team entering and all that stuff. You know, that's a, that's a long drive for for somebody in Virginia and, and all across the region. So that that's a big part of it. I don't think we're going to have a night game for that. You know, the, the conference would have to sign some waivers and, you know, basically anything after November 6th, uh, I think both teams have to agree on it. And, and it's kind of more of a conference decision than the, the television decision. So to right. me, noon or three thirty makes the most sense. Um, I, you know, I do have a, a few people I, I talk to in that little industry and I, I thought it would be a three thirty kick. And now I've had some people mentioning that they think it could be a noon kick. So if that ends up being a noon kick, uh, it'll have a drastic, drastic impact on the list. Now, with that said, it's still shaping up to be a, an awesome game. So are we going to see Auburn? No, I don't think you're going to see that list again this year. That list was one of the deepest lists I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but it, it, I'd be still surprised if it's not the second best, uh, you know, second deepest recruiting class or recruiting visitor list, excuse me, um, of the year. Two two guys I will mention quick that I am expecting. Uh, Samuel Mpempe. Is, is it Mpempa? Mpempa, I believe it is yeah. what it is. Uh, he's at IMG Academy, listed as an athlete, 6'4", 230, offers from everybody. You know, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, uh, Michigan's in there, Oregon, Oklahoma. I can go on and on. Texas, USC. Uh, getting him on campus would be huge. I mean, he's to me, he's a five-star guy. He's not a five-star yet on Rivals, but he's ranked 19th in the country. And he is planning to be at that game. I know that's something Penn State's been working on for a while now. So let's see how that shapes up. And then one other guy to keep an eye on that's also planning to come from uh, down south is Ethan Davis, a tight end um, out of is it Swanee, Georgia. I know yes. he's at Collins yep. Hill, uh, which is where John Scott actually just was a couple weeks ago to watch. Uh, Collins Hill played, a, I believe it was a Thursday night game on ESPN. John Scott was at that game. So um, Davis is somebody that they're – another tight end, man. I, I forgot to mention uh, Davis earlier, actually, when we were talking. So they're, he's somebody they're going to keep working on. You know, Again, I can rattle off the Georgia, the LSU, Oregon, Texas – 
uh, Auburn and Florida. I missed Texas A&M. I mean, he's got a, a ton of stacked offers, um, you know, top, a top 250 player. So those are two elite guys that are planning to make the trip. I would expect it to be another one of those situations where, you know, the uh, a good chunk of the committed guys would be there. And then you see, you know, maybe 20 to 30 or so uh, scholarship players from throughout the region. Uh, it won't be like the 50 or so uh, uncommitted scholarship guys that came for Auburn, but it'll still be a, a very impressive list. It's just I really want to see that kickoff time before I start, you know, promoting it and, and making it seem like it's going to be huge because if it's a noon kick, it's going to have a big impact. Plenty of Penn State football and recruiting news on the horizon. Stay with us at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for the latest. Ryan, we covered a lot of ground today. Any final thoughts for me? I think it's this. We're going to know a lot more about where Penn State stands in a number of different ways in about a month from now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Penn State fans, it's, it's you know, what we love to provide information. We love to give updates and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I think we both know that uh, this is going to be an ever-changing story uh, to some degree over the next month. So buckle in, get ready for the ride one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've hit on it enough in this podcast. I feel like I'm scaring fans <laughs> talking about it so much. I'm sure somebody in the YouTube comments will let me know. Uh, one thing I just will add quick is we're about to have playoffs here. Uh, it, it's starting off in Ohio. Uh, Jewel R and, and Medina have the number two seed uh, in their region, and, and they should go pretty deep. Caden Saunders and Westerville South have the number five seed in their region. Um, you know, Caden uh, Westerville South has kind of struggled with quarterback play and stuff of the year. That's why, you know, Caden doesn't have some of the crazy stats that you see elsewhere. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm just curious to see how far they go. Of course, everybody's expecting Drew to go deep. And then this is the final week uh, for for Pennsylvania. So uh, what happens in District 3? Uh, there's an op- there's a potential uh, game coming up with Anthony Ivey and Bo Pribula, depending on what happens this upcoming week in the District 3 6A playoffs. Governor Mifflin and Nick Singleton, they actually – had the week off because of a, a team had COVID. So, um, you know, it was kind of like a bye week, which actually maybe worked well for them uh, with, with the playoffs coming up. Uh, they're going to be the, the runaway favorite for, for 5A. So uh, it's, it's playoff time in, in Pennsylvania, and it's actually starting this week in Ohio too. So lots of fun to, to monitor, man. This is when games get really good. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Stick with us, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for the latest, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been a new, another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. We'll catch you next time.